As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host. I'm here with my co-host, Giant Skyhawk. Toby Fly. That's for all the, the high Q fans out there. That's a hawk and a fly high joke. Sonny's not going to get so, it. So <laughs> somebody's going to get that. I don't, but somebody will. So here's my question to you, Skyhawk, is... What um what did you say on the last episode during the intro? I know you did it alone, but I don't remember the intro. Oh. Did you say hi everyone? This is Giant Skyhawk. I'm your host, and I'm here with well nobody. Uh, close to so I was like I'm Giant Skyhawk. Fair and enough. That's it. That was the, <laughs> that was the bit. <laughs> well, what I will say is that I am excited to be back for now. Um, I will miss the next two to three episodes, but we'll see. Get your sunny time in while you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get all your sunny enjoyment in and all your (laughs) sunny shots in while you can, Mm because I am leaving. Let's see. We're recording on Wednesday. I am leaving on Saturday. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, basically Saturday. I'm leaving Saturday night. To drive to the airport and catch a very early, early Sunday morning plane out of New Orleans to go to Miami. And then from Miami, I'm going to be on a cruise all week out of the country. So, so no sunny to, uh, for a week. So how did Jimmy Butler for me? In Miami? Yeah. <laughs> if I see Jimmy Butler and recognize that it is Jimmy Butler, I will say hi for you. I promise. <laughs> Sounds good. In well. the meantime, uh, until I see Jimmy Butler, I will go ahead and thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So a huge thank you, of course, to Steel Fox Games as well as ETB Games for their continued support of the podcast. And of course, a huge thank you to Gem Accessories. And be sure to check out our Dragon Shield affiliate link in the description down below, uh, costing you nothing extra to support us. And of course, we do have a TCG Player affiliate link. But again, uh, you know... If you're going to shop from them, then go ahead. But if you're, uh, they do, they are very actively trying to bust their union up. So, you know, be just, 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 you know, understand, which I guess not every business is perfect, but, you know. Speaking of, they're not, they're not always cool. 
That's, well, there is one union that's doing very cool things right now. Shoutouts to UPS Union. Uh, that would be the Teamsters. Teamsters. Yeah. Uh, doing uh, doing doing good work. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we we will see what happens there. Because as far as I can tell, we are almost guaranteed going on strike come August first. So uh, if you if want you're some more, this uh, and you have anything that you need ordered, but make sure you get it delivered before August first. And uh, importantly, if you're interested in Sony's thoughts, uh, if you're a five dollar and up uh, patron, our last Patreon episode actually kind of went into it a bit. So uh, if you sign up for the tier, you can you can get some uh, some solidarity ranting. But uh, absolutely, <laughs> uh, the other uh, way to support to show your support is uh, when you go to your next Edison tournament, play uh, Machina gadgets. That way you can play uh, both Earth, but both that way you can play both machines that are Union. And you can play Solidarity. So you can be like an Earth machine. Go. Or you can be a Union machine, baby. And like I said, you can show Solidarity. So nice. with all of that said, of course, uh, we do want to thank our patrons. And like like Skyhawk said, $5 not patrons will always have that extra, extra little bit of content. But with that said, let's go ahead and um, get on into today's content. So we do have... We did just have the uh, the big ones. <laughs> North American Nationals. Right. So we had the North American World Championship qualifier because we don't actually have nationals. Yeah, but we just we get like the the one big one, I guess. Right. <laughs> Which yeah, it's 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 fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So this event was a lot of fun i was obviously at the event i obviously went to the event and i am really really happy that i did i think that i think that it was a lot of fun i think that i would definitely do it again it was my first nationals that i've ever been to uh some things not as cool some things cooler than i expected so you know, do we, do we uh, want to we'll get into the uh, do we want to get into the event review or do we want to do do we want to start off with results? No, we can do results first because I feel like that's like the thing that people are going to care about the most. I so. I, I, I disagree. I, I I think people would love to hear your your uh, your breakdown on uh, the ins and outs of the event. But if you insist, I have the top sixty four <laughs> results here. But the- yeah, not only do you have the top sixty four <laughs> results, you have like the full breakdown of everything. So, I noticed. Uh, I noticed that nobody had. So, so there's kind of some funny backstory here. Actually, the only reason I did this, I never do this. Uh, two reasons I did this. One, one of my local guys, um, Blake Morrison, who we should have on the podcast next week. Stay tuned. Um, Sick. Had um, a uh, ended up ended up uh, getting top sixty four and actually ended up sixth place. Uh, that's crazy the, after the playoff it's absolutely wild he's been working his butt off for ages so i'm super happy for him uh but so i checked that and the necrofusion discord was wondering what results were because we heard that there might be and nash was wondering too because we heard there might be a gishki deck that topped so so i decided Which indeed as it turns out what well, it did it did yep uh but we'll get into that and so i was like well i'm here already i might as well do it and then i did so uh North America top 64, so we had 21 Kashtira. We had, so 10 Sprite, really it's 11 Sprite, but we'll get into like the two kind of weird builds. 
So there of the ten of well, okay, we'll say eleven. Of the eleven sprite builds, we had a four for higher runic, a three live twin runic, one just runic sprite, one adventure melfi, one gishki, and one striker. Uh, some stuff to note in there. Uh, obviously, the Gishki list is <laughs> is bonkers. Uh, there's some pretty funny stuff happening in that list. Um, and uh, the the Striker list is a lot closer to. Uh, I don't know if y'all would remember the Joshua Schmidt power spell sprite kind of stuff. Um, really, it was just the power spell sprite list, but it was playing a heavier Striker engine. Uh, so it was playing the new Striker Link 2, uh, Engage, Widow Anchor, Afterburners, Jamming Waves. Like, it was playing all the, kind of like the the Breaker stuff. So it was more of right. like, it was more using the Striker spells as a way to, like, generate advantage. Right. Um, so then we had a seven Branded Despia, six Pearly Builds, one of which was Pearly Sprite, uh, four Dragon Link, which, would, which uh, is funny because over the weekend, I think... Uh, Konami decided they were they were like they wanted to call it like bestial dragons, <laughs> but mm-hmm. everybody was like, no, it's Dragon Link. And Konami went, okay, fine, it's Dragon Link. You got us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> four Rikosun Avalon, uh, three Manadium, one of which was a super heavy samurai Manadium list. Uh, I believe uh, this might have been Patrick Hoban. If it was, I don't know if Patrick himself topped, but it's like that list. He did. He it was Patrick. Okay, because I believe Patrick. Well, he did Hoban, top. I think he was the one playing the the, the super heavy build. Uh, two Labyrinth, uh, two Gold Pride, one Punk, and one Pure. Uh, the Punk list lost out in top uh, uh, top 64, and the Pure list made it to top 32. Two Vanquish Soul. So Sonny and I were slightly wrong. Uh, there was going to be actually two Vanquish Soul, and not just one. Uh, one, t- one Tier Limit. Uh, and the tier list is kind of nasty, actually. <laughs> There's some wild stuff happening in those lists now. And the kind of the big story is the one hero list uh, that won the top 64 feature against for higher runic. So, uh, I don't know, Sonny, you were there. Do you have any thoughts about the results? Is that kind of emblematic of what you played against? No, no. But these guys were at tables... 1 through 32, I was at table 1,232, so <laughs> that's the difference between me and these guys. The, these these individuals are actually good at the game. I um, am not, so that's the difference. But, uh, so, I'll kind of go down the list. I know you just went down the list and kind of broke it all down yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go also back through it and kind of give my thoughts. So 21 cash Tira does not shock me at all. About a third of the field is kind of what we've consistently seen from cash Tira. My only thing here is that it's shocking to me how dominant cash Tira is considering how bad the deck is. Yeah. Well, and it, it was, it was all four of top four and it was six of the top eight. Right. So it's not like it was like, it's not like it really fell off at all. While while going no, it did not only. I I mean, if anything, it's gotten more dominant. But the crazy part is, is like I said, the deck's just so good, right? The deck is just so. uh, The deck's not good, right? The deck's bad. It's bricky, and it loses to itself. But if it doesn't lose to itself, it probably just wins. So, as it turns out, being able to both play D shifter and just make a d shifter whenever you want is kind of crazy 
Well, I think that was the top eight match was over in five minutes because the, the cash player opened shifter against dragon like twice and that was the end of the game like yeah it, it's it when it, it's a deck that i think while it is bricky or it i don't know i would call it bricky i would say it has consistency problems uh it, it feels a lot like uh the thunder dragon deck did where it was right. like sometimes you open like completely unplayable but most of the time you can do something and that something is really good Right. So uh, it, it yeah it, it even it, it even reminds me of a lot of like old Dragon Link builds where it, like the super like combo heavy stuff where it was like ninety five percent of the time you're opening a hand that does something but you will have games where you just literally can't do anything. Yeah. Um, it's, some, it's crazy. Something else that's wild too is like the cash players can abuse uh, almost everything in the game that sucks right now. Like a Rise Heart right. and Shifter are already super detrimental to a lot of decks. The cash players are all siding Eradicator now. Like, yeah. they can just make an Xyz and then just go, okay, whoop-boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So, uh, I just, personally, cash is just, yes, Eradicator it. is a problem, but cash was dominating before they were just siding Eradicator. So. We gotta, we, we gotta get rid of this deck. This I, 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 I suspect, I suspect it, it will be, I hope well, that what happens is that a Rise Heart gets banned uh, on the I next think a Rise list. Heart should be banned and Fenrir should be limited. I could see that. I, I, I may be a little biased. I kind of like Fenrir. Uh, I, I think it's a cool card and I, like, I think something that makes going second worth doing that also outs like floodgates and stuff, uh, I think is really good. However, it's probably above the curve. I, I think a limit. If Pancratops is at one, we probably have to limit Fenrir. Exactly right, because Fenrir has a lot of the same pros that Pancratops has, but Pancratops doesn't search another Pancratops. Yeah, and and Fenrir is also a, a combo piece. I don't know if you saw. Yeah. Uh, 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 Eva uh, Lee's posted a, an Infernoble combo that is is Fenrir plus like. A guy yeah. <laughs> it's like the fact that you can go Fenrir add Riseheart is I think it's like right of Aramisir and Fenrir is like the full Infernoble combo with a whole bunch yeah. of disruptions that wouldn't surprise me at all it's, it's like my issue that, with Fenrir one of my biggest issues is that you can just do it on turn zero yeah yeah like it's it's a combo extender and a disruption and a board breaker and that seems like a lot yes. <laughs> that seems like a lot of things for one card to do the 10 sprite doesn't surprise me, ex especially seeing how many different sprite variants are here. The Gishki is surprising, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's just sprite, right? I mean, it's just sprite. One adventure Melfi is interesting to me. I think adventure in this deck is not something we've seen, but I'm happy to see it. I think it makes sense if you really think about it. Runic, sure. But just Sprite Runic is kind of weird. But four for higher Runic and three live twin Runic, I think makes a lot of sense. I think the for higher version of the deck is just better, right? Because it does the same things that the live twin version does, but it just does them better. It keeps you ahead in advantage by drawing. It just draws three more cards a, a turn than you do. And it also has ways of removal. So the extra, to me... You're playing the live twin engine to stay up in advantage by one or two cards. Whereas you play the fur hire engine and you stay up like five cards. 
I just think that the for hire engine is so ridiculously good. Yeah. So I will say just as a side note, I think Runic probably is going to get hit pretty harshly on the next list, partially because of these results. Um, the like the advantage generation yeah. stuff is really crazy. I will say before it goes, I think it is very cool that a deck like Fur Hire gets to be like arguably the second or third best deck in the format. Like, uh, I agree. D- I just wish that <laughs> um, I want Volcanics to be one of the top decks in the format before Runic gets right. it. I'm with you. The one uh, the one thing about Sprite that I do want to talk about, obviously the Striker Sprite thing is funny. Uh, I think I heard some people wondering why uh, Melfi had kind of fallen off because Melfi Sprite was like the build in, in, in the EU for quite a while. Um, part of the reason is that there are more board breakers in the format now. A lot, yes. a lot more people are playing Dark Ruler and the Runic builds are a lot more resilient to something like Dark Ruler because you have all the Runic yeah. spells. And you can even, like the, the Fur Hire deck also can set uh, a copy of, of the Mayhem or the Rookie, uh, yeah. so that so that they can have uh, either their Rathal or the Wiz at the sideboard post Dark Ruler. The Melfi deck doesn't really have a lot of good answers to the Dark Ruler. You really only have one Disruption post, or you can go for the Double Cross play or Smashers. But uh, that that there's there's less reason to play that version of the deck when the other versions play around something like Dark Ruler or Triple right. Tackle a lot better. So seven branded Despia. Is disappointing for sure, but <laughs> it's here. I love that. I hate this deck so much. I really want this deck to go die. I really, really hate this deck and the constant support. Yeah, so it's really it is upsetting. It, it's really interesting that you mentioned that actually, because that is a thing that I want to mention. So if we look at like the vast majority of top cut, right? Like Castira, Sprite, Runic, mm-hmm. uh, Despia. Even like below Pearly, we've got Dragon Link. Like we're talking like thirty-one. That's thirty-eight. There's like a forty. So it's like almost like sixty, almost two-thirds of the top cut are decks that we've just like kind of had forever, right? It and this is I, I, this is maybe a weird observation. It's looking a lot like the end of Toss Format era, where we've got all those people like okay. Hey, you should go play Pearly, or, or you should go play Monadium. I heard Gold Pride's pretty cool. What about Vanquish Soul? It, it so feels what the I'll same say is, as like, really, you're still playing Salad? Come on. <laughs> I'll say that I think the difference between Toss and this, we've had people say that about formats feeling like Toss format several times over the last couple of years. At the end of that Drytron Virtual World Tri Brigade format, people are like, this is starting to feel like Toss. We said it on the podcast. We said I'm, this is literally just Toss it, yeah. 2.0, right? Yeah. Uh, turns out we were wrong, but because I wouldn't call that Toss 2. But at the same time, I think that this is a little bit different because I think this is just kind of the recipe now for... Things are going to feel stale by Nats every year because essentially Nationals is their chance to show off all of the decks that came out this year and how they're all still kind of competitive. And then right after Nats ends, you're just going to see a whole new wave of decks because Kashtira did not exist at Nats last year. Sprite did not exist at Nats last year. Pearly did not exist at Nats last year. Rika did. Dragon Link, you can say, existed but like not in this iteration. It was a completely different deck. They're, they're, 
90% of the dragons in this deck are like brist steals now. They, right. that, they just weren't a thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Manadium did not exist. Labyrinth did not exist. Or did it technically exist? I don't think it did. Uh, Gold Pride did not exist. Vanquish Hold did not exist. Tier Limit did not exist. Again, this is Sky Striker, but it's also a Sprite. It's just got like three Striker cards in it. It did not exist. Heroes well, existed. Well, striker, yeah, striker it's a one-off. Made, striker made finals actually last year, but you know, last year at nationals. Yeah, because it wasn't the world champions. It was uh, Ryan Yu got second. I did not think that was the case, but even if it is, again, this was just a yeah. sprite deck. You, yep. I, I really want this to be known. This card, this deck literally played like one extra yeah, deck striker and then it's like a, three a, or four main deck, and that's it. Yeah, it is a spread. It was just an engage engine. Yep. So, but this this here is here, and even then, you could say branded Despia is more of a this year thing because while yes, it did win majors last year, they've released so many new cards for the deck and so many new cards for the strategy that it's just it's no longer just. Guardian Chimera control. It's its own deck now. It's a completely different thing. So I I don't know. When the strategy of the deck changes completely to me, that's not even the same deck, right? Yeah. So to when me, you look at this and you see 90% of this list is all new stuff, I feel like if I don't think they'll hit it all into the ground like they did at the end of toss format because I think they want to show off the things that have come out. But I think that they're just going to power creep into Oblivion. Like, as soon as Dune comes out, we already know there's, like, one or two playable archetypes and tons of man, tons of man, uh, Manadium support that just makes Manadium good. Right? So. Yeah, Pearly also gets a lot better post-Dune. Uh, post right. So that causes, some, that causes some shifts as well. Right, exactly. I think, I think probably Cash and Sprite will, will catch some pretty steep hits. I think Sprite's... Funny enough, I actually think Sprite is the biggest defender here just because of the amount of time it's stuck around. Uh, yes. So, a couple of other interesting... Uh, actually, I guess you were kind of going down the list. Uh, yeah. Wise, we were at Despia. Branded Despia needs to die in a hole. Pearly is cool that it's still competitive. I am actually glad that they hit it because I really don't care about this deck that much. Uh, and the one Sprite version, I believe, is just an aberration. I don't think it's really that much of a thing. But I think six Pearly is cool. Um I'm happy for them. Four Dragon Link. Again, disappointing, but is what it is. Uh, Shoutouts to Mike Thomas, a.k.a. Trish TV. Uh, Congrats to him on getting top 64 with Dragon Link. I think maybe even top 32. He topped. He topped with Dragon Link. I don't know. Happy for him. Massive Trish Uh, W. Four Rika, which just goes to show you, the more that people play this deck, the more people realize it's a meta contender. It's just that you need a PhD to play the deck. Mm -hmm. Good deck, though. Uh, yep. Manadium is a garbage deck that happened to top, and the only reason that it is not a much higher representation is that even though it's not that great right now, it's got cap- it's got wheels, but it's really not that great. Manadium is going to be a ton better after Duelist Nexus. Yeah. All this is in, all uh, this is is people just like testing the waters and ma- seeing how the deck feels. I'm surprised is. to see it outperform stuff like like Lab or, or Gold Pride or Vanquish Soul, though. Like, I would have expected maybe one Manadium to sneak in, but three of them is definitely, so, like, some people are working on it. I don't really expect Manadium to have a lower representation than Gold Pride. I'm surprised Gold Pride here is, is it here at all. And Vanquish Soul, two of them, doesn't shock me. 
I think two of them is like what I would have expected, one to two. I would never, I never would have expected Vanquish Soul to put like six up there. But Monodium at three doesn't surprise me. It's such a high ceiling combo deck right now. I think like the deck right now is just kind of, if your hand is really good, they just combo, right? But the issue is that the deck is not consistent enough yet to compete. But after Dune, it will be. So I am really surprised though to see Labyrinth at two. That shocks me. I really would have thought that Labyrinth would have been closer to like seven yeah. or eight. On one of know, the, but the more people them. side deck for it and the more people build their decks around beating that deck, yeah, obviously the worse it gets. Like, especially going into like, like with tons of people like either mainboarding Ash or like even siding Ash for the matchup or even being like, actually, Bell is looking kind of nice. Like, yeah, uh, to, I mained both Ash hate. and Bell. Yep. By the way, that those last three cards that we should have put in my side deck because we couldn't figure out what it was, it was Droll. I should have, I forgot to play Droll. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I never should have played Droplet. Don't play Droplet. Droplet's bad right now. Ryan used uh, Labyrinth List, if you want to go look at one, is really interesting. He's actually like mainboarding the Floodgate version, but siding into a small uh, package. He And uh, one thing that Ryan Yu was doing differently than a lot of other uh, lab pilots were doing is that he actually mained three Daruma Cannon. Um, a, a lot of them are only playing one, but Ryan Yu is pretty insistent that Daruma's the best card in the deck. Uh it's like the it, he was I believe his exact words were that it's the best normal trap in the game, and then he yeah. was playing two uh, terrors of the overroot. He was like, because this okay. is the second best one. Uh, it de definitely an interesting deck profile if you want to watch that if you're interested in lab theory. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he he even I think he mentioned something about why Refer is lower. But anyway, uh, so two labyrinth is surprising. Two gold pride is surprising for the opposite reason. I'm surprised it's in here at all, but I'm happy for him. Two vanquish soul. I figured one in top 32, so two in top 64 tracks. Fine. Mm -hmm. One tier is surprising to me. I'm surprised tier can top at all right now in such a heavy D shifter slash Arise Heart format, but that's fine. One Sky Striker Sprite, which again, it's this is just Sprite with a small striker engine, so mm -hmm. it's fine. And the one hero is shocking to everyone, including the guy that topped. <laughs> but he's been a hero chad grinding that deck for like five or ten years apparently it's 10 years and Mount Fuji yeah 10 years he's been grinding heroes always played it and i mean rocked out in top 32 i think he got all the way to top 16 so happy for him no, he lost in he lost in top 32 okay anyway so, he got to top 32 so, so I, I, hey, I, top 30 top 32 at nats on hero is ridiculous like i, I don't <laughs> think it matters if you get to top 32 or not like if you if as you long top, as you get to event. top 32 after that i don't think it matters because they yeah. give out prize cards to all of top 32 yep uh some interesting stuff that i want to talk about for for some decks that appeared outside of top cut um there are two two things that i want to mention as as decks that i think or three things actually that I've been thinking about of the last little bit. Uh, so one of them is that there's one deck that I think is absent on here that I was expecting to see some representation for. No Fluanderies hit top 64. I'm actually really surprised about that. I, I thought Flu would have been a really interesting pick for, I mean, not maybe not necessarily an interesting deck, but I feel like Flu actually had a lot of good matchups going into this. It's a deck that doesn't care about Shifter very much. Uh, but yeah, the only there were some. That Flu is bad. Yeah, there were some at top tables. I mean, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the statue's a thing. I don't think the deck is bad. Like, Hanko Chow won a regional on it, like, a couple weeks back. Uh, it's So, like, it's it's clearly playable. I was just kind of floored to see none of them clear. Um, yeah. 
the other two things, there were some decks on the bubble that I think are really interesting. Uh, one of them is on Hakuna My Data's channel, and there was a feature match. It's like five axis cyber dragon. Uh, the mm-hmm. the deck is playing like electromagnetic turtle as a foolish to to like stay alive for a turn if you can't OTK. It's it's using right. du- it's using duality to flex into rampage dragon. Uh, there's like uh, there's a ton of weird tech in the list. Go to Hakuna My Dana's data channel and watch it it's super bizarre but it's really really fascinating uh they're playing a small cyber dark package to search um power bond uh it's it's fascinating and then the last thing that i wanted to talk about is i I, this is gonna sound silly i think spring games is showing up as a rogue contender uh that does sound silly you're right but so hear me out both uh eu nationals and and na nationals had a spring gans player like lose out in round 12 in the eu they were they were on feature match and uh in na they were on written feature uh hmm. people have figured something out with this deck so uh, especially i think in a world's format i wouldn't be surprised if some people think about it but anyway right that's uh those are just those are the things i wanted to talk about like outside of, of top 64 format wise yeah, I think that this format is really diverse, which is really good, but it's also really scary because it makes it really difficult to side deck and, you know, game plan against a lot of these different decks. And also, we were talking about how bricky earlier get cash king B. I think some of the solution of that might be to cut down on traps to avoid eradicator and just play that hand trap build that the EU guy was playing. You mean uh, for spells? the second place, the second no, the second place Euros guy. Oh, he's playing a hand trap build. Or the hand of, trap uh, of cash. Yeah, you mean you mean playlist spell cards, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I'm tired. It is late. <laughs> You're good. Uh, so I, do you want to go ahead and get on into kind of my experience there at the event and over the weekend? So I want to go ahead and get on into kind of my experience at nationals because uh, I did have a spectacular time while I was there. Obviously I was there from Friday until like Tuesday morning, basically Monday night. Cause I stayed up all night Monday to catch my early flight, but I do kind of want to talk about it. I posted a huge thread to Twitter and most of the things that I'm going to talk about here, I actually talk about on the thread. I'm kind of going through that as I go through and kind of like telling things anecdotally as I go through. But, um, and, and Skyhawk, feel free to like cut me off here anytime I say something that you want to like touch on or expound on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you got it. Yeah. So, I really I want to say first off, Raleigh was awesome. I, I was really shocked at how much I enjoyed like the actual city of Raleigh. We ate at some great restaurants. We didn't really need to use Uber all that much. We were able to mostly walk everywhere we wanted to go. Obviously, I would have preferred like if it was at London where there was public transport everywhere we wanted to go. Uh, that was the that was my favorite part about London was that the tube was just awesome, which is funny because mm-hmm. Londoners like complain about it, but I thought it was <laughs> amazing. So. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad it was good. I uh, the public Sorry, transit giant was sip of nice, water. But... 
big gulp. Yeah. So I think that Raleigh overall was wonderful. The city was so clean. It was amazing. Um, there were... T- I don't really think there was any time that I really felt particularly unsafe. Uh, I think that there were moments where um, I was like, okay, like we should walk a little bit faster, you know, get get through this. But uh, overall, I, I really... I really felt very good about the location our hotel was basically directly across the street it was easily walking distance we had a bunch of restaurants that were walking distance we had okay so friday night we went to we did there's like a chicken and waffles place called beasley's that was like really good um it was ridiculously good actually we had a random dude like walk up to us right as we sat down to eat and offered us like a hundred bucks for our table because we had to wait like 45 minutes for a table and he walked up and he's like hey like how how bad you want to eat right now i'll give you a hundred bucks for your table and we were like uh no i i appreciate it but like it's just not enough he was like what about 200 i was like no that that doesn't split evenly into three people so I think we're going to have to pass. So, but I don't know. It was, um, it was a, it was really good. I really enjoyed Beasley's. They had a really particularly interesting syrup and it was really good. I don't know what kind of syrup it was. I had a Canadian with me that insisted it was some kind of blend between like, regular syrup and maple syrup it wasn't like it wasn't wholly any kind of particular syrup it was some kind of a blend i don't know but it was really good then that was friday night saturday night we ate at we ate at an italian restaurant and then went out to like a dessert bar where like all the drinks are made after desserts i don't know it was, it was good um but the Italian place was really good. I'd like this like calamari, spicy, spicy tomato sauce with calamari over linguine. Woo! It was good. Then Sunday night, we went to a sports bar. Sunday night, we did a sports bar. So that was cool. It was chill. It was very, it was just, just a couple of people, not anything crazy. Just went there, chill, ate dinner. And then in the afterwards, we went out. But, you know. In that moment, it was a very, very nice, chill, like, getaway from the chaos of the evening. Um, And we walked to all those places. So, it was nice to be able to walk places and be in a clean, safe-feeling downtown. So, that was very nice. And the hotels that were there were very good and not outrageously overpriced. Because there are some places where the hotels are just like, it's just not worth it, you know? Yeah, makes sense. So, I do think I like London better, but the Raleigh was good. The other thing about Raleigh, wow. That is the first convention center I've ever been to where they're like, it doesn't matter how many people you put in this room, it will be cold. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, that's actually a massive bonus. That's actually really huge. Yeah, yeah. So, when so Saturday afternoon, it's like 90 degrees, 95 degrees outside, plus it's humid. So I mean, it was like it felt like it was like really hot outside, even with a slight breeze. 
in the venue, it was probably 68. I, I mean, I would walk into the venue and be like, I need a hoodie. I need a jacket. And I was so happy because for those that know, they know there's nothing worse than going to a venue where it's this massive convention center. You've got 3,000 players. You've got an extra thousand people doing side events and extra stuff. Plus you have the vendors, you have the staff. There's easily 4,000 people, easily 4,000 people in this convention center. And all too often they're like, okay, electricity is expensive. We're going to set our massive giant oversized ACs that can cover this room. We're going to set it at 73. And it's like, you don't understand when you get that many people in that room, if they start getting warm at all, then it's going to compound and then your AC can't keep up anymore. And now your convention center is like 85 degrees and everybody's sweating and now it stinks. No, not here. Absolutely not. I went in and I was cold and I was cold all weekend unless I was really like outside, like, like hoofing it back and forth to restaurants and stuff. I was chilly basically the entire weekend, and it was wonderful. I didn't bring a hoodie because I forgot one on the backseat of my car. It was just the best, though. I, I could not have been happier to have been in there. It didn't get overheated. It was really, really welcome. Um, the, the one hiccup that we had was round two. They had... They did paper pairings round two at a 3,000-person event, which kind of sucked, but it's fine. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um, they got back to it after round two. From then on, as far as I'm aware, it was all back to online pairings. Nice. They just had something I, that went wrong with the system that round. So I remember when people were posting about that, and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. For a 3,000-person event, but... Uh, it's super good that they were able to get it like back up and running again. That's really awesome. Yeah. My only issue with traveling actually had nothing to do with Konami. Why did so many people connect through Charlotte? Why did so many people have to go <laughs> to Charlotte and then Raleigh? Or have to go, or when they left, go Raleigh to Charlotte? I was in the Charlotte airport both ways. Why? Why are we connecting through Charlotte? <laughs> That's a 30-minute flight. You're saying really there was no way I could get a direct flight at a slightly different time and just go directly to Sh to Raleigh? You're telling me there's really no way that I could go to like a Raleigh major seems... hub I re I remember and when go I was... connect at a normal place. Why rem... Why do they even offer a 30-minute flight? I think if I had gone, I actually probably would also have had to go through Charlotte. Like it's, a, I, it's I don't insane. know what it is. Yeah, it's really weird. I really do not believe that a 30-minute flight to Charlotte from Charlotte to Raleigh and back and forth every day yeah. makes sense. There's, I, I don't understand how it's profitable. There has to be some weird, like, routing thing. Like, I, maybe it's like an airspace issue. I'm, I'm curious to know, actually. That's interesting. It, it is, because it doesn't make any sense. And not only that, I mean, in the EU, you can't even fly a plane within the same country for connecting flights in the same country. Why Why are we doing it within the same state in what is not even that big of a state? That's right. crazy. Uh, I mean, I would have thought that we'd go New Orleans to Atlanta to Raleigh or even like 
New Orleans to, you know, Tampa and Raleigh or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, New Orleans to Charlotte to have a 40-minute layover and then a 20-minute flight over to, <laughs> like, we got up into the air and they were like, hey, uh, we know normally we do a drink service on every flight, but this flight is literally too short. We don't have, the flight attendant doesn't have time to go all the way down the aisle and do drinks. It's not long enough for that. So yep. there won't be a drink service on this flight. Hope you understand. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I can understand like a small regional deal where it's like four hours distance and like you're in a two by two jet and you're mm-hmm. just going up and it's like an hour flight. I yeah. kind of get that because I can fly from my hometown to a major hub like Dallas and from Dallas go where I need to go. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But why Raleigh to Charlotte? That mm-hmm. feels like you should either fly out of Charlotte and connect through a real airport to somewhere else or fly out of Raleigh and connect to a real airport to somewhere else, or have a direct flight from the real airport to one of those places. I, it, it doesn't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That that really bothered me. And the amount of carbon emissions that's being put in the air for a thirty-minute flight just is infuriating. Yep. Um. So I will say the staff did a really wonderful job. I had a couple of rulings questions that I asked the staff, which reminds me I need to send emails to Konami about certain rulings and also certain other things that happened at the event. Uh, but that's not relevant to here. But I'm glad I said something because I reminded myself. Nice. But overall, the staff did a wonderful job. Both the TCG staff and the Sidex staff, as usual, did spectacularly. I had no issues with the judge staff. I had no issues with event staff really they did a one as always they did a wonderful job of answering all of my questions uh effectively efficiently and as far as i'm aware correctly so nice i didn't have any issues with the vendors they were all buying at pretty decent prices um and they were all really nice to me and they were all willing to work a deal but uh i've also never really had vendor issues before i've had a couple of them that are buying at like 35 40 percent but usually they're pretty empty so they really know what to do to fix that issue is to give better rates and they're always full. So um, the side events went pretty smoothly. Day one, the last chance qualifiers, they fired over a hundred last chance qualifiers day one. That's crazy. That's insane. Yes. So just on the Friday? Just on Friday, they fired a hundred like, flights of that is crazy. Those are all 16 players each too, yeah? Uh, they were actually eight? running out of judges and they were making some of them 32. Oh my god. That's what I heard. I didn't play any of them, but I had heard that some of them were 32 apparently. That's wild. But also cool that people yeah. are grinding for it. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's a, an event that had four years of invites and almost 3,000 players and they, they and ran like almost still... 100 last chance qualifiers. That's wild. I love that. Yeah, I think the side events Friday besides those were all either not firing yet or they like I think they only fired like 15 or 18, maybe 20 Edison events on Friday. But I mean, (laughs) the counterpoint to that, the big Edison event, (laughs) well, the counterpoint to that is. They were devoting so many judges and so much staff to the LCQs and stuff that they essentially just didn't have the manpower to support all of the Edison events and stuff that people wanted, as well as all the LCQs. 
Yep. Makes so, sense. but when Saturday came around, woo! You had people running the Ultimate Time Wizard event. You probably had five judges, six judges just for that. You had Edison pods firing. You had regionals firing. You had, I mean, every kind of tournament you can think of firing. Rivalry of Warlords, all that. Speed Duel. And with all of those tournaments firing, you really ended up with a lot of... I think Time Wizard for the weekend, not Ultimate, just regular Time Wizard, went like over 120, 130 total flights fired of just Edison. Mm -hmm. And even GOAT format had like 20-something, 30-something that fired. The one that kills me, though, is the guy that got second place in the Edison Ultimate Time Wizard event... I don't know how true this is. This is just what he told me. He said he flew in from South Korea to, to play. To play the Edison event? To play the to play the Ultimate Time Wizard. He signed up as soon as he heard about it. That's flew cool. in from South Korea. He lives there. And like he was American. He was just living in South Korea for whatever reason. Yeah. Flew all the way in just for this. Got cool. second place. Sold the Black Rose at the event and pocketed and went home. This, honestly, that's that's the Giga Chad move right there. Fly like thousands and thousands of miles to get second at the first ever Big Edison event. And then be like, yeah. I'm selling the prizing and going home. I, I mean, I guess, like, what are you going to ask them to ship it to South Korea? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, first off, shipping would have been insane. Yeah, Second off, brutal. it's not the it's it's just the oversized. It's not the giant card. Who wants the oversized when you can have when there's a giant running around? Right. I mean, I would be okay with oversized, but you know. Uh, the, I trust uh, me. I tried to get an I tried to get a giant ecclesia, and there was the asking price was like twenty five hundred, and I wanted to cry. Yeah, that's crazy. If you're the guy that has a giant ecclesia and wants to move it for way less money than it's probably worth, let me know. Uh, well, pack, I can't uh, afford it because I'm broke, but I would love to know. <laughs> Pack bent his on stream. You can ask for his. Uh, <laughs> I actually will message him and say, bro, you don't need to be doing this. I will literally trade this from you. I actually, you know what? I'm going to message him right now. And that's, tell him I, that. that's that's not a good. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, something, uh, something funny about the Edison event, actually. Um, Amaryllis Burn got top four at that event. <laughs> So now I'm getting war flashbacks. Phoenixian cluster amaryllis is like has been bought out to this the moon. It's like a hundred dollars now, isn't it? It's outrageous. It's, it's it, it makes it's me sad, much, but it's it's a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> well, it makes Sunny sad for rather specific reasons. Uh, but uh, yeah. That that's kind of the breakdown. Any anything? I got blasted at. uh, I got blasted by that deck before it was good. (laughs) Before it was good. Yeah, Uh, that deck's crazy. By the way, I will. uh, I will say I'm definitely gonna make a huge effort to to make it to nationals next year. It didn't work out uh, timing wise for me, but I am uh, I'm beginning planning now so that I can make sure I'm there next year. So, uh, so keep an eye out for uh, Giant Skyhawk Top sixty four. That would be so sick. <laughs> and 
Anything else you want to say about the event? Uh, yes, actually. I absolutely do. Uh, I just got distracted by uh, Pack bending that card, and now I've got to go find the did Twitter thread that I was going through image? again. <laughs> well, I, no, I didn't send the image. I said, bro, you can't do this to my girl, and then proceeded to not send the image. And now I've left the thread, and I haven't found that image. Oh, and now oh. I just... There's very little context going on it's for really, anything uh, anywhere. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, but I think part of the reason that these side events were firing so like so like not consistently, and they were having so many issues with it, like there were issues with judges running too many side events at once and like losing track of what side events were going to time when and stuff like that. Um, but I think a lot of that is because volume was I think a lot higher than anybody expected volume i mean when you're running th a 3000 person main event you have to have probably 150 to 200 just judges floor judges for that event not to mention judge staff plus you also need somewhere in the neighborhood of i would think personally like 100 judges just for side events so or maybe 50 at least so it, it, it's a lot but the ultimate time was event was crazy having a full second event running with like a full swiss in day 2 was a great idea i'm a little bit frustrated at the way it played out so i don't know if you heard about this but they capped it at like 256 or something like that right and they capped it there for signups for pre-reg it filled up in three days and they closed it and a lot of people didn't register because they wanted to play but they heard that if you sign up for that you get dq'd from the main event okay fine whatever it happened it's over with then we get there and Saturday, we find out that they went to almost 300 people. They let like a bunch of extra people in for no particular reason that anybody can come up with. And then after they did this, a lot of people ended up playing in both events. Like they saw, like they pre-reg and signed up and did the main event and then collected the prizing for the main event and then went and did the Edison event anyway, which is the thing that everybody wanted to do, but they literally just couldn't do it. So I don't know. It's pretty upsetting because if I'd have known that, I would have signed up for the main event, got the pre-reg stuff, and then gone and gotten the down and played in the side event because I honestly would have preferred that. I would have been more competitive at that rather than go 0-3 drop at Nats, right? Like I would have rather play Edison. At least then I can win some games. But whatever. And so that's really frustrating. But I think it's really sick that they did it, and I'm kind of anticipating them doing this at every event going forward. And nice. of course, the lastly, my favorite part of the weekend was, of course, seeing all of my awesome friends. Uh, I got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. I got to meet a lot of really new people. I got to make a lot of great connections and see people that I just really loved. I loved having all the listeners that came up and talked to me at the event. Uh, I had people coming up and getting me to sign stuff, which was amazing. Uh, I got to meet people and see people that have always wanted to meet me. But I've never been to an event that was close to them, and now I am. So it was really, really, really a treat getting to really go out there and, you know, see people. That's always my favorite part of the events as many people. Every time, when you're a small creator like this, every single time you're at an event and people just walk up and start like, hey, you know, I, I watch your, the podcast or I watch your YouTube videos or whatever. You know, I, I love your content. Would you be interested? In, could you sign this for me? Oh, 
every time. Every time I just get happy. It just makes me happy. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan. So Nice. But uh, the last thing I'm going to say has nothing to do with Nats. Uh, after I say this, I, I we can cl- close it off. It's up to you. Do you have anything else you want to add before I close it off? Uh, I don't think so. I'll try to be there next year, uh, but I will be at YCS Vancouver for sure. I'm going to try to end up at more events in general just because I think it's... Uh, it, it, if you haven't been to... I think if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh! player at all, you should at least try to get to one big event like a YCS or a... Um, or an I think you absolutely should go like, to a Nats. Nats is Nats is by far the most packed event that they do. Yeah. I mean, they have voice actors from the anime that come in and do signings and oh, do live duels, all kinds of stuff. That was the last thing I wanted to say. Uh, Shoutouts to Gong Strong's VA. I think Billy Bob Thompson is his name. He did it. Yeah. He he absolutely killed it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really. I heard cool. one of them did a great job, and the other one was almost a little bit cringe. I, I think they were both good. Uh, I mean, Jack Atlas's okay. voice is like Jack Atlas, but Gong Strong just absolutely brought his A game. It was good stuff. That's awesome. So that's it. <laughs> so I'll say that I personally, that wasn't my thing. I did the, I did the, I did get a token made with my face on it that I was very excited about. Uh, but for me personally, I think that, um, I think I think that like you said if you have a premiere event within like 3 hours of you you just have to go. You just have to go. It's crazy. Yep. Really 4 hours. 4 hours is kind of my limit for what I'll do in like a day trip. But even if I can like overnight it, I'm I will be going to every premiere event within 4 hours of me. So Houston, Dallas, mm-hmm. I'm guaranteed going. Or even really like San Antonio, Austin. I'm going to those two. Uh, if I can make a weekend trip out of it and drive it, I'm guaranteed going. If I have to fly, it's 50-50 at best. So, But Solid. with that said, let's go ahead and wrap things up. I, Before we go, I do want to say I am hosting my first ever case tournament. We'll be hosting the Top Cut Podcast case tournament for Duelist Nexus on August 5th at ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Of course, ETB Games has been sponsoring the podcast forever. Uh, and they are also letting me come in with my own case of product. And I will be hosting this tournament at the shop. Uh, I really do need a turnout to make this worth me doing. And if I can get that turnout and make it worth doing, I'll make a regular thing of it. My plan is to be doing these case tournaments for sure at every core set and hopefully pass that into other sets as well. So the goal for sure is every core set. And if it's another set kind of like battles of legend or something like that, which is actually like, you know, something that it is a good set with like boxes and a real case count, like 12 boxes to a case. Mm-hmm. I won't do cases of mega tens or anything like that. Cause I think you have to do like a, probably like a six case tournament to make it worth it. But ideally I will be doing a case tournament for every really like major set release that comes out. So be sure to, if you're, if you're in East Texas or Louisiana or South Arkansas or Mississippi, it's probably worth it to come. So I realize that that's a big area, 
but at the end of the day it's, i think it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, if you do want to meet me i'll obviously be there i'm running the tournament being the to i won't be playing True. but i'll be toing depending uh, on i can't the, really can't really do both kind of a conflict of interest yeah. depending on uh depending on circumstance uh we might also have some commentary uh depends on uh setup and stuff but uh I yes mean, depending on what we we're talking about before uh, I may be commentating uh, a live stream of that as well. So if you can't make it in person or you're too far away, but you still want to support the event, uh, definitely keep an eye out for a possible stream. Yeah, for sure. Also, that is the same weekend as Worlds. So this first one probably won't be streamed because we'll probably just have uh, Worlds going while we're there. That's true. But I in am interested in doing that in the future. So in the future, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Let's read but some with that names. said, yeah, of course, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful, wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to Bring Red Reboot Back to 3, Kane Martin, Zyphorus, Big Stinky, Broken Boy 13, Ding Dong's Hostess of the Yang Zing, Earth Machine, Best Deck. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber? I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. Is Canada, Nickelback, John Lil, Mountain Man, Omo Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Seto Uwaiba, Silver Hope, Sunny stole my phone and took pictures with a Moe body pillow. That is... That is absolutely something. So for those for context, because I was hanging out with my friends all weekend who are mostly content creators, it was a pretty frequent thing for they don't know me. They just know the content creators, right? They, they, they don't know me. They know crush cards. They don't they don't know me. They know GGYGO. They know Gary. You know, they, they don't know me. And it's very funny because when this happens, I ended up making it kind of a thing where they'd be like, hey, can I get a picture? And the person's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, it's okay. I got you. I'll take the picture. So I'll take their phone, go snap, take a picture, whoop, flip that camera around. Oh, get a good selfie. Whoop, take another one. Here you go. I, the, the, the part of the reason I laughed so hard at this at the, in, in the recording the last episode is because I knew the context. And I was like, we're going to wait till Sonny gets back so he can explain this. Now you have the context. <laughs> it's still very funny. <laughs> Understanding and reading are two different things. Upstart Goblin These Nuts. Classic. Uh, virtually Saviors World. Zach M. Aaron Gardner. Alexander Chan. Asami. Ashless Chaps. Atsuyo Sympathy Silver Castle. Blackwing Silver and the Ascendant. It's the best Floodgate. Box Wine. Co-Link D's Nuts. Come on and get your game on. Duty Booty. Dragon Maidenless Behavior. I'm about to reek a glamour trippy for cause D's playing nuts in your mouth. Neshi. Old Man Red. Pin Code 143. Sakitama. Aratama. Nikitama. Cam. Obama. And Slaking It Up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast of course if you want to get that extra episode you can check that out in the description down below with that said thank you all so much and have a great weekend and i'll see you in a week and a half folks i will contact see you later (laughs) that's that's a bad one no i think it's good i have the actual card come on (laughs) 